Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Let's go ahead. We're in the second week of a five-part series that we've called Raising the Bucket. And no, it's not this series where we're trying to get you to, to give more money. Nat already told you that we're just, as we pursue Jesus, we just believe generosity begins to flow. Uh, we, uh, this deal is about um, us increasing in this area of love and that uh, our subtitle for this series is just loving deeper. And as the children of God, we've been called to love and we've got to love from something. Something's got to begin. This, this reservoir within us should begin to, to well up and to spill up out of our lives. And, and there are some places where we can begin to be a little leaky and it affects our entire lives. If you missed last week, I'll do a little bit of a recap in just a second, but last week is a really important one. It's online. You can catch it on our podcast or on Facebook or one of those things, but it's really, really vital. Let's go ahead and look at this opening thought that we've been looking at, that the the love of God has raised us up to love others more than we ever thought possible. There are scenarios that come along in our life and and maybe we see somebody walking through it and we're like, man, there's just no way I could ever deal with that. You know, and have you ever had that moment where you're sharing with somebody a a place of frustration and they weren't there and they're like, well, man, you should have just, you should have just done this and you should have just told them. Well, I'd have punched him in the throat. Well, I'd have done this. And you, you've probably seen the video online where you've got the, the, the dogs behind a, a little glass. And so, and they're just like vicious going after each other. And then the glass opens up and they're just like all best friends. They're just like, oh, sorry about what I said behind the glass. And so, and so many times we think that we would respond one way in one scenario and another way in another scenario. And there are times that we look at things. We look at situations in life and, and we go, man, there's just, there are places, I, there's just no way I could just love. There's no way I could be forgiving. There's no way I could even remotely be Christ-like in those things. And there are a lot of times we can't even make that decision up until we get there because the Spirit of God will be able to give us grace. Here's our challenge. Our challenge is when we've actually lived it and we are having a hard time walking through it. We are having a difficulty being able to love and being able to forgive and those things. And so many times the scenario we can't wrap our mind, the, the, the one that we've, that's made up, we can't wrap our mind around. That's a kind of love that sometimes we, is bigger than we can imagine. But the one that really makes the difference is the place where we've got to walk it out. So-and-so hurt, our, hurt us deeply. We had some significant disappointment. There are some places, and we have to understand that us responding in our love with love to one another is bigger than just us dealing with one another. Let's go ahead and look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. This is kind of our, one of our, our anchor scriptures for this series. It says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you've shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. As you've helped his people. 
that's where he's, he's noticing. That's where he has, feels like you've done something for him as you have helped his people. All of a sudden, they notice that you care. And all of a sudden, God's getting the glory. And God says, you know what? I feel like you did this for me. I feel like you did this for me. We've also been looking at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 is one of Jesus' longer parables. And so and in this parable, he covers both sides of the coin here. And, and we're going to go ahead and look at verses 34 through 40 again. It says, and then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whenever you did it for one of the least, you did it for me. That was when it happened. They're like, we didn't even know we did this. When did we see you? When did we do these things for you? They didn't say, we never did that. No, we understand we did that. We, we were kind. We were generous. We were caring. But I don't remember doing it for you. And he says, whenever you did it for one of the least, you did it for me. Now, again, baseline, we have to remember that God does not have a least list. God does not scan this room this morning and begin to look and say, there's some of these that I love more than others. There are times we can walk into church and we can feel like maybe that God loves other, other people more than he loves us. But folks, one of the things that we have to get baseline down deep in our hearts is that God loves us. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Jesus is the declaration of his love for you. He loves you. So as Jesus is talking about there being this response between the greatest and the least, He's not talking about us trying to crack the code and figure out who's on God's great list and who's on God's least list. We already have this code cracked, folks. It's our list. It's our list. There are people that are higher on our list and there are people who are lower on our list. And we need to make sure, we talked last week, that our our love level is indexed. It's tagged to not how we treat the person we treat the best, but how we treat the person we treat the worst. That's our love level. That's our love level. And that's why we've come and we've used in this bucket because I feel like it's just a really, really good picture of what this looks like, a good old wooden bucket. It's made with all of these boards going up and down and, and held together. And when it works right, well, then it's been able to, to be able to fill to capacity and even to overflowing. 
The problem is, is that this bucket doesn't, isn't just a gen- generic bucket. This bucket represents us as a person. And each one of these boards, these are the people in our lives that we interact with and we connect with. See, the whole reason to have love is to be able to share it and to give it away. And so many times we feel like and we look at uh, the side over here that's nice and pretty and unbroken and all the boards are tall and we're like, man, we're, we're pretty good at loving over here. But where we get defined is not by over on that side of it, we get defined by our least. This one we probably could do a little better. We could probably raise this part of the bucket. Help us love deeper right here. I tell you what, this right here, there ain't much love there. That's not loving deeper. And this is where God wants us to grow. He wants us to be able to grow so that this person that drives us up the wall, this person that hurt us, this person that offended us, this person that we don't understand, this person that votes way differently than me, this person that does whatever it is that drives me up the wall, this person that I... I'll be able to love them. And we want to see these levels begin to grow in our lives. And guess what, folks? You and I, the only, you and I we can only take this so far. This is going to require, to be able to, to grow these broken spots, it's going to require the work of God in our lives. It's going to. And so you and I, we're going to have to embrace that. We're going to have to say, yes. We're going to have to say yes to that. And last week, our takeaway, our, our, our next step was to just remember who, who made them. So many times it's, it's difficult and we begin to say, oh, but, oh, but they, oh, but this, oh, but that. And then let's just take all those out of the way and let's just remember who made them. Who made them? Who died for this person? Who loves this person? And then we begin to put this baseline in there. Now all of a sudden we begin to understand. And today we're going to begin to look at. Now we're we're going to begin to see who made them. Now we're going to require some action. Love requires action. Because love that's not shown is love that's not known. We're going to have to do some action. In fact, this thing works on both sides of the coin. There in the end of Matthew 25 and verse 45, he addresses the people who didn't do any of these things. And they said, when did, we, when did we not do this? When did we not? It says, when you didn't do it for the least. You didn't do it for me. So as we look at it this week, well, I want us to see these three things. That love notices the need Love moves to the need and love meets the need. As we're going to begin to be God's agents in this planet. And you know what? There's a place where I'm like, God, why in the world did you choose broken humanity? Broken children of God to represent the kingdom of God in this earth. Why doesn't God have like angels doing his bidding? Why doesn't God have those? Because guess what? You and I were called. We were initially created in the image of God. We're we're supposed to be moving back towards our original creation. And us loving and caring for one another as part of our original design. 
So God did not sit there and, and, and remove our original assignment. He helps us to grow back into who we initially were called to be. The Matthew 25 verse 35 says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. We've titled this, this, this message today that basic needs equals basic love. And you and I, as we are moving forward and being a Christ follower, we've got to be willing to move forward on this concept of just being caring and generous with one another. I love that when there's a response to a catastrophe that the people of God step up and there will be all of these things. There will be food and clothing and, and, and basic necessities begin to just fly off the shelves. It was a beautiful moment last year when our foyer got filled up and emptied and filled up and emptied and filled up and emptied as things were being pumped out of here to the coast when the hurricane hit last year and hit our Texas coastline. And you responded, and it was an awesome, wonderful thing. But sometimes it's easier to think about somebody in a desperate time of need far away than to respond to the person on our least list that's right in front of us. Where God wants to move us is not that we, that we don't move on the big ones. We need to move on those big things. With hurricane relief, the church ought to be the first ones to step up. But we ought to have a daily action where we are just constantly meeting needs, constantly seeing things and stepping up and taking care of things. That's how Jesus is expressed. Years ago, Keenan, our oldest son, who's uh, 23, was uh, about five years old at the time, and we were, were constantly remodeling. That's We always have remodel projects going on. And so it was a Saturday, and I took Keenan with me to, uh, uh, to, the, to the lumber yard, and we go to the, to, the, to the store, and this Saturday happens to be a day that they were having like a little promotional. I didn't know it, but I just had to go get some supplies. And so we go in there and they've got uh, some, they're giving away some, some free sodas and they're giving away some hot dogs and some stuff. And, and of course, I've got a five-year-old and I've got to get in there, get my stuff and get back to my project. And this five-year-old, um, man, he sees like a little mini carnival going on here. And I'm like, I don't need these distractions. And so he sees, you know, all this activity and, and whatnot. So I wanted to get in, get my stuff, and get back to my project, and I'm dragging him along. And, and so they offer him, uh, offer him a, a soda, which down here in Texas, all of them are Cokes. So he got him a Sprite Coke. And so he's like, Dad, can I have a Coke? And I'm like, yes. So he goes and he gets his, gets his Sprite, and he's walking around, and he has his, his little little cup in his hand and he's walking around the store and he has that and we walk past another one they said hey would you like a hot dog and he looks at me he's like dad can I can, can I get a hot dog and I'm like sure you can have a hot dog so they hand him a hot dog and we're just walking around there's already two distractions two things slowing me up now I got they didn't even put a lid on the soda so now I got a five-year-old with an open soda in a store this is bad I mean it's not like a can it's like a cup with ice and stuff. And so we've got to move slow. And he's, 
enjoying his soda and has his Coke and we're moving along and I'm trying to find my stuff. And then I hear him say, they gave me a Coke and a hot dog. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they did. So we keep going and then he says it again. Daddy, they, they gave me a Coke and a hot dog. I'm like, yes, yes, they did. I'm so excited. We move along a little more. He says it a third time. He says, Dad, they gave me a Coke and a hot dog. They must love Jesus. And I was like, wow. Way to go, Pastor Brandon. <laughs> and here was this simple thing that he wasn't dying of thirst. He wasn't hungry. He wasn't malnourished. He wasn't some sad little anemic child. He was, the boy, boy was healthy. He didn't need a Coke and a hot dog. And so as they're just doing that, and his response to someone wanting to meet a need in his life was this person, these people must love God. They must love God. Folks, you and I, sometimes the most basic things that we can do communicates the love of God. It just, it just communicates the love of God. And so many times we, we think that we need to do some big, grand, amazing gesture to make an impact in our lives and the lives of people around us. But that is what I love about this parable is they say, when did we do this for you, king? I would have been pretty sure I did something awesome for the king. I don't remember doing anything for the king. He says, when you, when you did it for the least. That was when it happened to me. I mean, that moment? That moment? When I took half of my foot-long subway and... I handed it off to somebody else. That moment, that was you? Like, yeah, I, I reckoned that. I considered that. Like you did that for me. Because they're my kid. And whatever you did to my kid, you've, you've, you've done to me. Folks, so many times we can compartmentalize our lives. And we have the worship God part of our life. And then we have the work part of our life, and we have these other parts of our life. And what I love about this parable is Jesus reaches into this incredibly religious culture, this Jewish culture, that religion and life had just become intertwined. To be who they were as Jews was defined by the way they worshipped and the God they served. And here he's talking to a people that it feels like... like Life and God are so intertwined. And he's like, it's bigger and it's deeper than that. It's bigger and it's deeper than you even imagine. Every human interaction that you have, every human interaction we have is an opportunity to bless our Heavenly Father. Every interaction, there is no insignificant interaction 
I am so thankful that they now have automated callers doing all of the, the soliciting because I can be rude to a machine. It's fine. I can be rude to a machine. But man, I sit there and I happen to answer the phone and somebody's on the other end of that line and it used to just drive me crazy that they're sitting there and they start to talk to me. And then I remember, man, this is somebody just trying to make rent. They're just trying to make rent. They're not trying to be rude to me. They're not trying to interrupt my day. They probably don't want to be on this phone with me any more than, they, than I want to be on this phone. And the last thing in the world they need is one more person being a jerk to them. And so I would sit there and try to be patient and try to be kind. And boy, and of course, they're trained not to let you off the line. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to seriously hang up now. Uh, please don't take this personally and hang up. And they're talking, talking, talking. But there was finally something in it. It's like, I just won't be rude. I won't be rude to somebody on the phone. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Because as the scripture began to come alive to me, I was like, I, every human interaction I have is a place where I'm connecting and ministering to God. Every one of them. And folks, when we begin to see the weight and the impact and the import of this, man, we begin to, it begins to change the way we shift. Jesus was not oversimplifying this thing when he says, okay, what's the most important? What's the most important thing you've asked, that we've been asked to do? Love God and love your neighbor. Your neighbor is any human interaction you have. And human interaction you have, that is your neighbor. And we always, always, always want to try to figure out how to get around this. We so desperately want to get around it. It's been going on this whole time. Just look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 27. says, and he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Again, Jesus isn't oversimplifying this and just trying to give us the, the kindergarten version of a life in God. No, this is it. If you can do this, you've got, you've got the PhD in a life in God. This is the big, heavy, meat, meaty stuff. This is what it's all about. He says, you've answered correctly, Jesus replies. Do this and you'll live. You begin, we could spend a whole time on what it means, what life and really living means. This isn't just live, doesn't mean avoid death. Do this and you'll avoid death. No, you begin to love God and love people and you will begin to have the life God created you to have. The more you alienate people, the more you disconnect people, the more you minimize people, you are making your own life smaller. You're making your own life less when you minimize another person. All of a sudden, we begin to love God and love others. Then we really begin to live. But he wanted to justify himself. He asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? 
Please just tell me it's the people across the street and both sides of me. Maybe the alley guy, maybe. I hope it's not the alley guy. <laughs> Ooh, please don't let it be the alley guy. I just need some definition to this neighbor stuff. And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him. He passed by on the other side too. Made as sure there was as much distance as possible between this guy who had been beat up and left for dead. He immediately, I love it that Jesus immediately comes in with, with two of the guys they would have thought no better. A priest and a Levite. These guys were professional Jews. They weren't just Jews. They were professional Jews. These are people who all their livelihood was wrapped up in temple worship and all of those different things. Their lives were completely focused to God. And as Jesus is explaining to this group of Jews of what it means to love God and love others, he uses the example of two people who in their minds ought to be doing this the best. And they provide the distance and they walk around. Because Jesus wants them to understand that missing it on loving others is missing what our life in Christ is all about. We can't turn it into anything else. If we, we turn it into something else, it's not, a, it's not about Christ anymore. Knowing, having, knowing how many uh, scriptures you have memorized, all these different things, how big of a check you can write to world missions and all these different things, if it's not about loving the people that are in front of us, the people we have daily interaction with, we have totally missed it. James 2, verse 15 and 16 says, Suppose that a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Be warm, be fed. I'm rooting for you. Hoping this works out for you. But I'm gone. Says, What good? Is that it is no good. We've got to begin to, to see the need, move towards the need, and meet the need. The parable goes on with a Samaritan, but then a Samaritan. Soon as Jesus said Samaritan, um, this parable turned scandalous. This parable, all of a sudden, everybody listening bristles. He says, but then the opposing political party that you don't like very much, somebody who's aligned with them. You honestly, you want to put this in our culture scandalous? It would be then a Muslim walked by. And he had a good old 
non-denominational Christian walk on this side and you had a sweet little Catholic walk on this around and you had uh, the Muslim come by and actually begin to do something. That's the kind of scandal this was said, that Jews despised the Samaritans and the Samaritans' backs. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, said, look after him. And he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Couldn't even say the Samaritan. The one who had mercy on him. And Jesus says, go and be like that Samaritan. Go and do likewise. Because he saw the need and he stepped in and made a difference. Folks, you and I, This is where it's going to make a, make a difference. It's going to make a difference in your family. Let's just think about this. Let's just, let's just not even deal with everybody else out there. Let's think about just our, our families. If every interaction, human interaction we had with our families, if we just looked at it through the lens, that this is an opportunity to, to connect directly with God, what would that do to our family? What would it do? What would it do if every interaction I had with my wife was, I saw as an interaction with God? What would it do if every interaction I had, it began to change everything? It changes our culture. It changes everything. When we begin to look at things through this lens. Folks, this is what life in Christ is about and it affects every area Folks, our next step today is be willing to help someone you might not normally help. We all have those people that if their text came through that they were in help right now, you wouldn't wait for me to shut up. You would stand up, you would walk out, you'd get in your car and you'd go help them. We all have a person or two like that in our lives. And that's the person on the big old tall staves over here. But there are some folks that our temptation would be to just walk around. And I want us to think about those people. And let's be willing to engage and help with someone we might not normally. And maybe we're not ready for this yet. Maybe this is the might not normally. Maybe it's this one. Whatever it is, let's take a step forward in loving deeper. Our bottom line today is that Love makes a difference. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to increase our love for those that we love the least. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.